Welcome to the Supplier Diversity and Inclusion podcast series by FIPS Consulting. In this mini podcast series, I speak with international guests who share their experience on supplier diversity and inclusion. Today, I speak with Giuseppe Mora from Barilla Group. Hi, Giuseppe. Great to have you. Hello, Andrea. It's my pleasure. I can start to introduce myself. I'm Giuseppe yes, Mora. As you can hear from my bold accent, I'm Italian. I have 20 years of experience with Barilla, and in the last three years, I'm based in Chicago, and I'm responsible for the purchasing of Barilla America, and I have also the responsibility as global supplier diversity leader for all the Barilla group in all the region. Wow. First of all, uh, congratulations on Barilla's efforts on a more inclusive supply chain the past years. Um so do you want to tell us when and why did your company launch its supply diversity and inclusion program? Barilla launched the program in 2015, and uh, through the years we went through evolutions of the programs, and uh, we started to understand how it was at the beginning. and. We started because uh, we have a big exposure to the U.S. We are an Italian company mm-hmm. with a strong Italian heritage, but our business in the U.S. is growing year by year. And uh, being the U.S., you must have a supplier diversity program. So thanks to our U.S. legs, uh, we have been able to understand. And I have to tell you that at the beginning, uh, the effort was to understand what it was the meaning of supplier diversity. Mm-hmm. On that time, I was based in Italy, and it was challenging for us uh, to understand the different concept of diversity. In the mm-hmm. U.S., it's very clear. You have a five types of diversity. They are identified. They, there is a clear definition. When you go outside of U.S., it's not so easy. So, really, we spent a couple of years to engage and to make understand the supplier diversity to all our buyer community. Mm-hmm. After that, the program evolved, and we spend a couple of years to be present outside Barilla. So we try to be present in the conference of the mm-hmm. big NGO. We went to, to arrange some meeting with supplier in order to involve them and let them understand. And mm-hmm. in the recent past, we have made some choices in order to make our program more solid and more focused on the results. Wow, interesting. Yeah, I, that's probably something that's pretty new to a lot of people, that you have so much business in the U.S. So, um, but you mentioned you, you were actually in Italy. So have, do you have a supplier diversity and inclusion program or efforts also in Italy, or is it now mainly in the U.S.? Or is it a global um, program? Our program is global. Let me say that in the U.S. we have a higher speed. Mm -hmm. So everything is settled with a definition, with a KPI, with the programs, with the network, with NGO. When we move to Italy and specifically Europe, we are more in the process to define it, in the process to understand. So Mm -hmm. it's the global program with two speed. Yeah. So it's really more mature in the U.S. and you're still developing and and growing your program in the other parts or especially in Europe. What was actually the main driver of 
supplier diversity at the very beginning, uh, also in the U.S.? Was it like your clients? Was it some some external uh, influence? We were having mainly our uh, we are a private. We are a family company, mm-hmm. and it was a clear desire of the family to mm-hmm. improve our diversity program and to go in that direction. We settled a DNI board in 2013, and supplier diversity in one is one of the legs of the DNI. Mm-hmm. So we have the, a strong commitment from the top. And to wow. be fair, it's very important to have a, that kind of strong commitment because it's a, it's a great push to change the mindset of the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you said before you started supplier diversity in 2015 and your overall DNI efforts in 2013. So it was very, very quickly clear that the supply chain has to be part of your uh, DNI efforts uh, as a holistic um, example or as a holistic program and not just internally. So um, with your role as, as Director of Purchasing America, are you also actively involved in your supplier diversity engagement also in, in Europe or just in the U.S.? I have one person in my team in the U.S. dedicated mm-hmm. to the supplier diversity. Instead, for the global level, we have champions in each purchasing unit that mm-hmm. is giving his support and is facilitating the deployment of the supplier diversity in their unit. Mm-hmm. So this is how we are organized. Um, and you and said I have you... to be honest in saying that the global supplier diversity role especially outside the U.S., is the challenging one because mm-hmm. there is no a clear definition and it's the most rewarding because when uh, it's you with the team try to define the way, making decision on mm-hmm. what is the diversity that you are considering outside U.S., when you are working a lot with legal mm-hmm. on how to make the questions with the, to the supplier in order to be compliant with the different law in the different country, it's mm-hmm. challenging. It's taking a lot of time, but when you are able to to come up with a result, it's very rewarding. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think, you know, there is advantages and disadvantages of not having this legislation. One of the advantages is that you are a bit more flexible in what you include and how you see and how you implement your supplier diversity and inclusion efforts compared to the U.S., where it's pretty strict and and um, and you have to like work with all these different uh, NGOs and and have the certified diverse businesses, whereas here you can still like you, you still have a huge playing field where you can still identify diverse businesses with that. They yeah. might not even know about uh, supplier diversity and inclusion. We spent a couple of years uh, to make benchmarking with mm-hmm. all the other organizations. And the results of the benchmarking, it was that all of us, we were in the same situation. Mm-hmm. We were looking at Greenfield uh, with no rules. And uh, we wait a little bit for somebody to define the rules. But then we understood that uh, 
it was ourselves to define the rules. Mm-hmm. So we make our definition of diversity. We are co- we decided to consider the five main diversity, yeah. the same five that is present in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Woman, minority, LGBTQ+, disability, and mm-hmm. veteran. Veteran yeah. is valid only for the U.S. And we add the refugees mm-hmm. that in Europe it's relevant. And based on that, uh, we decide to look what is the NGO that yeah. are present at global level, and we define a partnership with them mm-hmm. in order to create a connection with the NGO and even more important with other companies that are in our level. Right. So this is the path that we have taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also a lot about um, learning from each other, even corporates from other corporates who have been on this journey for for uh as well and maybe for a longer time and um you also see that maybe you know corporates who are normally competitors start uh sharing best practices in in the area of uh supplier diversity and inclusion and sharing great diverse own businesses they they got to um got to know and, and work with. And you're totally right. We have done an event with our diverse suppliers in May and we invited mm-hmm. Unilever as a speaker. Mm-hmm. Unilever is our competitor, but the goal it was to share to the diverse suppliers in Europe that it was not a barilla mm-hmm. desire to promote them. But there was another big company like Unilever. So it was a way to show them that there are folk outside there that are looking for diverse suppliers. So right. what in the past maybe has been a disadvantage for them, on the reality, it's really something that has a value. Yeah. It's it's uh, also something I wanted to mention in, in Europe where you have a bit more flexibility. You can really go back to what it's all about, supplier diversity and inclusion. It's all about creating a more equal world, more opportunities for underrepresented groups, uh, more inclusion and equity for all, right? So um, our goal is to give the same opportunity. Mm-hmm. So this is what our program is. Yeah. We are try to invite in the tender diverse supplier. Mm-hmm. This is what we would like to do. Nothing more than that. Just yeah. give them the opportunity to introduce themselves and to make their a proposal. Right. After that, it will be based, the selection it will be based on price, quality, service. Mm-hmm. So this is the key point. Just give them the opportunity. And I mm-hmm. use the word just, but it's not a just, it's disruptive. Because yeah. normally this kind of company are not able to talk with the buyer of the big corporation. So mm-hmm. this is really challenging. Mm-hmm. And what we have done that I'm very proud that I just mentioned before, it was a global survey to understand mm-hmm. the diversity of our suppliers. So it was 8,000 suppliers in 80 different countries with 80 different legislation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we have been able to define a questionnaire and we targeted the questionnaire based on the country mm-hmm. in order to respect the different law. And we have been able to understand what is the spend of Barilla 
with the diverse supplier. Right. And we realized that it was much better than what we expected. Mm-hmm. Because our spend for the year 2022 has been 135 million euro. Mm-hmm. That it's relevant. And we discovered that several suppliers, they were not afraid to declare their status of diversity. Like, for example, LGBTQ plus own company, mm-hmm. several of them declare. And, you know, in countries like Europe, maybe they see more disadvantage than advantage right. in declaring themselves. Instead, there's been a great sign of uh, trust mm-hmm. and respect for Barilla. Yeah, very, very good. Um, especially since we see so many countries kind of going a bit backwards in especially LGBT and and uh also for example women with abortion and so on so it's uh it's not just um easy to declare as diverse owned business but that's uh that's great to hear and <clears throat> and i i love the benchmarking uh i remember when i was at one of your events in parma that was also a, a, a women owned business i think which has been yeah. working with you forever and you didn't know that they're actually women owned and led and they are our we are so proud of them because uh, working with them educating with them uh, they are so proud now to be woman owned and they mm-hmm. leverage this uh, diversity when they propose themselves to other companies and right. they grow a lot very very good because they weren't even aware that that could make a difference for them in business that they're uh, women owned and led. And um, yeah, so that's a a great success story. So um, you mentioned KPIs before. So can you share with us how are you measuring any impact? Uh, Do you have like what kind of KPIs do you have? As I mentioned, our goal is to help uh, to provide the same opportunity to diverse business. Mm-hmm. And the natural KPI is to measure how much we spend with diverse business. Yeah. So this is our KPI. Then we are monitoring also the number of diverse suppliers. Mm-hmm. But the goal is that one. It's not easy. It's not a target that you can focus to increase every year, like we are used to do in a supply chain. But mm-hmm. it's important to monitor and give explanation on how it's going. Last year, with the inflation, the spend of the company grew up a lot. So when you mm-hmm. were looking at the percentage spent with diverse supplier, that mainly they are in the indirect category, the percentage mm-hmm. drop. Yeah. So it's important to check, but this is our KPI, how much we spend mm-hmm. with diverse supplier. Other KPI that we have is the activity that we do to grow mm-hmm. our diverse supplier. So we have a mentoring program with a free diverse supplier and mm-hmm. the goal is to help them to understand and how to interact with the big corporation. So big corporation as a uh, are peculiar. Mm-hmm. So teaching them how to interact is a is a value that we are giving them to further grow. And another pillar, another program is uh, what we do with all the suppliers that are not diverse. Because uh, mm-hmm. 85, 95% of our suppliers, they are not diverse. Right. 
So what we do is to, again, mentoring three of them in order to develop DNI policy. Mm-hmm. We have to remember that when we go to Europe, it's not so common to have a company with a DNI policy. Mm-hmm. In our survey, we investigate that and only 7% of the company interviewed were having a DNI wow. policy. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot to do before going to supplier diversity inside the right. company. Right. So what we are doing, it was meeting with them, sharing the Barilla experience. That is one experience. It's not the experience, but show mm-hmm. what we are doing, the results that we achieved, the goal that we have, and inspire them in considering to evolve in that uh, sector. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, I totally uh, agree to the, or I see that as well. That especially in Europe, we there are so many companies who are now starting to implement DNI efforts in their workforce, um, but they're not including the supply chain or are not yet looking at their <clears throat> supply chain. Whereas there is so many opportunities. And I think I talked to uh, many of my guests before about all these opportunities that are just, you know, being ignored at this moment when uh, a company is not including their supply chain. So I, I really love that you also make sure that you educate your diverse businesses because it's not just the big corporates, it's any business who can make sure that they have an inclusive and, and diverse culture. 360 degrees, right? Yeah, it's totally right. And this is what we have done. We started in 2013 to look inside, to define policy. And mm-hmm. after that, the program began in 2015, but has been a long process. And the, the main challenge is inside the company because you have to educate your internal stakeholders to understand. Yeah. So it's the most difficult and the most rewarding as always. It, it is, it is. And and out of my experience as well, it's not just about what you do externally and what you share and, and all about the champions who are supportive for DNI or supplier diversity and inclusion anyway, but it's Everybody else in the company who also needs to support, because especially in purchasing, you do you have so many stakeholders that are involved, and if they don't support or don't understand why you're what are you doing there, um, it's getting a bit difficult. So, how can a diverse-owned business actually engage with Borilla? If I I just actually um certified as women owned business so i'm um uh we connect certified now so if i want to work with barilla do you have any Um, portal or how can i connect congratulations first of all (laughs) and the best two way that you have is the first one is register on the ngo database Mm -hmm. of your diversity So since you are a woman-owned, register yourself on the WeConnect International Mm -hmm. because we use that database to look the suppliers, to look for suppliers. Mm -hmm. And the other activity that you should do is record in our website. We have Mm -hmm. a company, Barilla website, where the Mm -hmm. people can uh, 
you can go and you can record yourself into our database. So when we look for diverse suppliers, we look into these two uh, databases. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, very, very good. And I guess that uh, whenever you have a tender, you can like search in your database for diverse businesses that you can include, but also uh, on all the other uh, NGO databases. So um, thank you for for this advice for all diverse owned businesses out there. So make sure you you either register on Borilla's webpage directly, but I'm sure that whenever there is an opportunity, you would also be looking for some sort of certification, if available, right? We're almost at the end of our our conversation already, but I would like to ask you for one last thought that you might want to share with with the audience. I think global supplier diversity is a passion. It's something that you need to feel inside the motivation because you have a lot of challenges in order mm-hmm. to make all this change in the culture, the people is challenging you. Mm-hmm. So you need to be really motivated and to be able to make things happen. So this is the key point. You need to have somebody in the role that it's deeply committed on that. And mm-hmm. the level of rewarding that you can have there, it's immense. Love that. Thank you so much, Giuseppe, because it's such an important um, message that if if you're not passionate about it or if you don't really feel what you do and, and you want to do it, then you will not be able to sh- to get your stakeholders involved as well. Right. And yeah. and get all the other things done that um, that are part of supplier diversity or a more inclusive supply chain. Totally right. So, Giuseppe, thanks so much for taking the time to share your insights and and stories from Barilla and very useful tips. Thank you so much, Andrea. Bye-bye to everybody. If you want to make your supply chain more inclusive, reach out via phipsconsulting.com or phipsconsulting on LinkedIn. Listen in to my next episodes where I talk to more experts about supplier diversity and inclusion and the impact on their business or organization. Reach out if you have any inputs or topics around supplier diversity and inclusion you want me to talk about. Thanks much for listening and bye Diverse Owned. Mm-hmm.